0: what's up, M12? How are we doing tonight? Awesome. How's that slip and slide? So much fun? So good? All right. Well, hey, guys, we are in week three of camouflage series, all right? And so even if you don't like camouflage or even hunting or maybe even being outside because, hey, let's be honest, it's really, really hot outside. I hope that you guys can get into this series because we all know what it's like to to hide and be secretive. Because if you're like me, let's see a raise of hands. Who all loved playing hide and seek whenever they were younger? Okay. Anybody? Anybody? Everybody. Everybody. So who, who like me was really bad at hide and seek? Anybody? Okay. See, I was really bad because I was kind of a chubby kid and I couldn't really fit in a lot of spaces. And I just wasn't very good at, at, at hide and seek. And so, uh, some other people that were bad at hide and go seek, you know, I, I, were preschoolers. They're four year olds. So, on Sunday mornings, I, whenever I was younger, I used to help out. I used to help out with the preschoolers. And so a game that we would play is, is we would um, we play hide and seek. And so you're, you're counting down. You're like five, four, three, two, one. Ready or not, here I come. And then you ra- ra- like open your eyes, and then they're like right there at your feet. And you're like, oh my gosh, you are cute, but you really are bad at this game, like so bad. And, and so you're walking around, and you're acting like an idiot. You're, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, where'd they go? And then you might like accidentally like kick them. You know, who knows? So uh, it, they're really bad at this. And then they start to laugh. You know, and, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, it's it's not bad enough that I, can, that I can see you. Now you're laughing and I can hear you. Like if they were supposed to be professional hide-and-go-seek people, like if this was their full-time job, they'd be fired on the first day. They're awful, but they're cute, okay? And so we all know what it's like to hide and be secretive, even if it we're bad at it. And even in Jesus talks about hiding and doing things in secret. And in fact, in one situation, Jesus said, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen." He's saying that prayer is kind of like hide-and-seek. That sometimes it's supposed to be unseen. Not everything is meant to be seen. And, and, and Jesus is saying that, that you can find out that prayer is even better than it was before if you do this in secret. And, and it's normally not the prayer that we do in secret that kind of freaks us out. It's, it's the prayer that we do in public. You know, like whenever you're in small groups maybe, your small group leader is like, all right, it's prayer time. And then you guys all get the same like scared look. Maybe that statue or, or deer in the headlights and you're like, oh my gosh, he's got call on me. And, and you guys are thinking, you're like, oh my gosh, if I don't look at him, maybe he won't call on me. And, and we, I've been there before too. I've been there before too. And sometimes we just don't know how to pray because we don't know the right words to say. We don't know the right phrases to make it sound good and we've all been there especially this little girl she just bless her heart she just doesn't really know how to pray so let's watch this video of an example of somebody who doesn't really know how to pray amen amen most patriotic prayer ever of the pledge of allegiance really i love it i love it but this girl obviously doesn't really know how to pray and and that's okay because i really like this because at least she's trying you know, she doesn't really know the right words to say, she doesn't really know uh, the, the concept behind prayer. You know, it's not just about not doing bad things, it's not, you know, avoiding Santa's naughty list, or we're trying to be on the good list, see Jesus' good side. It's so much more about that. And it's about and it's about communication, it's about authentic relationship with God. It's about authentic relationship with God. And see, even Jesus' main followers, the people who spent the most time around Jesus, didn't know how to pray. So it's okay if you don't know how to, to, to pray. And Jesus' and his disciples, his followers, they, they were asking, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus taught them what I'm about to teach you right now. The first half of the prayer we learned about last week. So if you didn't listen to it, make sure to go on our pa- podcast page and, uh, and listen to that. But if not, we're learning about the second part of this prayer. But first thing I want you to know, is that prayer works. Prayer isn't just thinking about your life to God, thinking or worrying to God. Prayer actually matters, and it actually changes things. Like, I've seen incredible things through prayer. I've seen people healed. I've seen lives changed. I've seen relationships restored. And I've seen the most incredible miracle of all, and that is to see somebody receive salvation of their sins and to follow God, and it's incredible. And Jesus is teaching us about prayer, because we don't understand thing, something. We don't understand sometimes that true prayer is about God's kingdom, not my kingdom. It's the first blank in your notes. True prayer is focused on God's kingdom, not my kingdom. But usually for us, we pray to a backpack God. So I've got my backpack right here. This is the one that I use. And so we pray to a backpack God. And we think that God is this tiny little box that fits in our backpack. And we can carry him around on our backpack or we cannot. You know, I don't have my backpack on right now. Um, and, and sometimes we've got this little pouch and it's labeled in case of emergency. So if we really, really need God, we're going to cry out and we're going you know, to open up God in our backpack. So maybe you're walking through your day, you know, you're walking through your day and, and, you're, and you find out maybe your grandma got sick, okay? Grandmas are getting sick all the time. But, and, and maybe you find out that your grandma got sick and you're like, well, I'm no doctor, so I guess I'll keep going on. And like, I can't really do anything. And then he pause. Because you remember that you have a God in your backpack, so you're like, heck yeah. All right. So then you open up your backpack, and then you pull out God out of your backpack. You know, he's in this tiny little box. And then you maybe, like, like dust him off because it's been a while. And you're like, wow. ew, gross. I don't, when I, I don't know when I did that last. And so you've got God in, in your hands. You've got a box, and God's in this box. And sometimes you kind of treat them like a genie. You're like, all right, I got three wishes. First wish, I wish for a million more wishes. Second wish, God, can you like heal my grandma? I heard you can maybe do that. And yeah, that's it. So uh, there you go. And you put God back in your backpack and he's still in this tiny little box. And so for many of you, that's how you see God. And that's how I saw God in middle school. I just saw, oh, shoot, I had, a, I had a lot of problems in my life. And I'm like, every time I had a problem, I went back to the in case of emergency pouch, and I opened it up to pray, dust God off, and then, and then just say what I needed. And that's it. But maybe if there's some of you who come to M12, and, and you actually let God have a little bit more say in your life. And so you open them up, and you let God have your box, and, and, or he's the He's a box in, in there. And so you're, you're praying and you're like, God, like you're, maybe you're in worship. You're like first song and you're like, God, I'm not really feeling you like normal. So if I could feel you, that'd be pretty awesome. Okay. So maybe about two, three songs in, you're like, all right, now I'm starting to feel you. This is awesome. Thank you, Lord. This is so good. And then by the end of the night, you're like, God, that was awesome. I have felt so good. Thank you. And then you put God back in your backpack until the next time that you come to M12, and he only comes out whenever you're here. Or or maybe some of you had a situation where you recently received God as your savior, so you took God out of the box, and what happened is you started to talk to him. And the crazy thing is maybe he started to talk back to you, and he started to tell you that he loves you, that he forgives you, that he chooses you for his kingdom, but but some of the things, then he started to get a little crazy, and he started to talk about some of, some of the hurtful habits that you have in your life, maybe some of your friends that aren't good for you. And you're like, awkward. God, I didn't really want to talk about that, so <laughs> let's not. So eh, uh, those are kind of my friends. Those are kind of my things I like to do, so please don't, like, you know, like, talk about that. And then you put God back, back in the backpack, and you kind of zip him up and... You're like, just stay in there, okay? Don't, 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 don't talk to me about those things. And, and what do I want you guys to do is I want you to imagine your backpack, all right? So you've actually got your backpack on. This is the one that you use for school. And so for many of you, you still think that God is this backpack God and he fits inside this box inside your backpack. So for, for you, I want to I get a, a raise of hands, take a poll. Who of you would carry your backpack, you know, like the one-arm shoulder style. Like, you know, you're like Mr. and Mrs. Cool. You're like, I know they made two straps, but I'm only going to use one, right? Or, or what about this? Who's, who's kind of the classic, like, two-strap shoulder person? You know, you're like, this backpack isn't going anywhere. Nowhere. All right. Anybody got a Roly backpack? Anybody? Heck yeah, yes. Now we know who the cool people are in the room. I used to have one, too. I used to have one, too. Or what about, what about, who forgets their backpack? Just, you're like, man, it was here just five days ago. I don't know what happened. I, it was, I, it, it just happened. I don't know. It just left. And, and so sometimes we forget our backpack, but I hope that you don't forget God. I hope that you don't forget God because He has so much for you. And so, what Jesus does is He shows up on the scene and He shows us how to pray. He shows us how to pray and He says, Our Father in heaven. He says, Our Father in heaven. He says, You don't fit inside my backpack. You you don't even fit inside this world. You don't fit inside this neat little box. You, You don't even fit inside my hands, God. You can't fit inside my hands. We are held in your hands. And God, you, know, you don't fit my backpack. We don't carry you in my backpack. You carry us in yours. And, he, and he's holding you. And, and we are this tiny little speck compared to God. But he loves you and he, and he takes care of you. And he's this big, big huge, infinite God. And, and he is intimate. And, and, and he is not the reflection of your dad, but he's the perfection of your dad. And so Jesus teaches us how to pray to our Father who is in heaven. And and he says that he has so much more for us. He has a better way of life if we let him. And one thing that Jesus says, he says, Father, I'm going to do whatever you ask of me before you even say it. And I think that's kind of crazy because I was like, if people ask me anything, I'm like, well, what do you want? And then I'll decide. But Jesus is saying, anything you want of me, Father, before you ask it, I'm going to do it. Because what you learn is that true prayer is focused on God's kingdom, not my kingdom. Again, it's the bottom line in the notes. True prayer is focused on God's kingdom, not my kingdom. So as we continue to learn, let's look at the second half of the prayer. Grab your Bibles, turn with me to pa- Matthew 611. It's on page 970. Again, if you missed us last week, go to our podcast page, listen to that, and, uh, and get caught up because this is super important. Again, if you have it in your Bibles, read along. If not... Here it is on the screen. So the first verse that we're going to go through right now is, Give us today our daily bread. And, and now, now I love this verse. I love this verse for two reasons. I love this verse, first, because this is the part of the story where Jesus is saying, give me to God, all right? And these are most of the prayers that I pray, or maybe we all pray sometimes. You know, we pray, God, give me a good grade, because I really need an A, all right? Or, or maybe, God, give me a chance with that girl, All right. Because, I mean, I know I need some help. <laughs> or, or, God, give me a second chance. Give me some help. Give me, give me, give me. And here Jesus is saying, give me, give us. And, and the second part of the prayer, the reason why I love this is that, that Jesus is saying, well, he's talking about food. And who doesn't love food, right? Wait, you don't like food? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so if I were praying this food, or if I were praying this prayer, I would say, God, give us today our daily bread with some Nutella on top because I love that stuff so good. Or, or maybe like this, God, give us today our daily Mongolian beef because I need it every single day, let's be honest. And and yes, this, this story, this prayer is talking about things that God gives us. He's talking about things that God gives us, but it's so much more than that. It is so much more than just asking God for things. If we were to really press in, it'd be so much more. So think about food again by this... Just think about this. Where did you get your food? Well, you probably got it from Publix. Or that's where I shop. Maybe you got it from another grocery store. And where did they get it from? Some of you don't even know the answer to that question. They got it from farmers. All right. So where did the farmers get this, this food? Well, they got it from the ground. Where did, how, did, how did that process happen? Well, well, God made it grow. God gave you the food. Well, you may be like, well, no, no, no. My parents bought the food with their own money. They bought their food with their own. Well, where did they get their money? Well, they got it from their job. How did they get their job? Well, they got it from their brain, their hands, their skills, all this. Well, who gave all of this to them? God gave all this to them. Every good thing that you have in your life is given to you by God. And sometimes when when we pray these things, when we pray give us, sometimes we pray for some really crazy things. You know, I know whenever I was little, uh, one thing that I prayed for, again, this was before I was a Christian, I would pray for a cat. And, and that, again, before I was a Christian, don't judge me. And, and I would pray for this, but it never happened. It, and, and it was crazy, but, but I didn't understand that God, he, God won't give us all we want, but he's given us all we have. Again, it's the next, the next bottom line in your, in your notes. God won't give us all we want, but he's given us all we have. See, I wanted an animal, but I mean, it's not something that I needed at that time. God won't give us all we want, but he's given us all we have. So you you can be thankful because God is a provider. See, this this prayer, it's relying on God and and it's recognizing God as a giver. Everything in your life, every good thing in your, your life that you have is given to you by God. And again, thank goodness that we don't get everything that we ask for because I ask for some things that are very unhelpful for me. I ask for some things that are very unhelpful for me. And again, it's because sometimes I don't always realize that true prayer is focused on God's kingdom, not my kingdom. And again, God is the giver of all good things. But then he keeps on going on. Read along in the next verse. And God says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And this is such a wonderful prayer because, guys, Jesus didn't have to pray this prayer. He didn't do anything wrong. He lived an entirely sinless life. He didn't have to ask this. But he said, he knew that I was messed up, and he knew that you were messed up, and he knew that we would need this in here because we do things wrong. And again, this is another way of saying, God, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And we, if we're honest, we've, we've done some things that are really hurtful to other people. And sometimes we've done those things on purpose. Anybody else with me? That you've maybe actually done some things that are hurtful to other people on purpose? I know this guy has. Let's check out this video of somebody who did something really hurtful to somebody else on purpose. It's a really messed up prank. Now that is so messed up. Oh my goodness. I would never wish that for any of you guys. But, but we, we've, we sometimes do things to hurt other people. We sometimes do some things to hurt other people, and it's not always funny. In fact, it's actually never funny when we do things to hurt other people. And it actually hurts God. He doesn't think it's funny at all. And God again, God does something really uncomfortable with this verse. is He links our forgiveness to the forgiveness of other people. He says, "As you forgive us our debts, as you forgive our sins, would you forgive those who sin against us?" And this is something very uncomfortable for us, because, because I'm OK receiving forgiveness, but whenever it changes and I have to forgive somebody else, I'm like, "God, I don't, I don't really want to do that, because do you know what they did to me?" And guys, He knows. And he knows. But he knows that the best life for you forgives other people. And I'm not denying the hurt that you have experienced, but I'm saying that it is so much better to experience the forgiveness of other people. Forgiveness isn't just for you. It's for your friends. I probably wouldn't have done it that way if I was in charge. But again, true prayer is about God's kingdom, not my kingdom. And maybe many of you have struggled with forgiveness, feeling forgiven, because you don't let go of grudges to other people. Who can remember a time that somebody hurt you? Maybe really clearly. And, and, and we all have these moments. So, so maybe you remember very clearly a time when somebody made fun of you. And you haven't let go of that. Maybe they made fun of how you looked, your hair, your shoes. Something dumb you might have said. Who did what with what girl? Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they spread lies about you and you haven't let it go, maybe it's about time that you let it go. Say, God, I'm ready, but I I don't know how to do this on my own. God, would you help me forgive other people? Because I know I have hurt you as well. God, these people have hurt me, but I've hurt you as well. So God, would you help me forgive because I need your help? And finally, Jesus sums up everything with this verse. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. First off, I want you to understand that this verse is not saying, God, stop tempting me. God never tempts you. He'll, what, what happens is Satan, the, the, the enemy, he, he seeks to lie, kill, and destroy. And he will trick you and he will tempt you. But he'll point at God and say, look what he's doing to you. God only gives good things. And when you feel like there's bad things going on in your life, it's not from God. God only gives good things. And and, and this verse is saying, God, there are things in my life that I know hurt me, and I know they're not helpful. Would you help me get over this? Would you rescue me from this? God, there are desires in my life. There's temptation in my life, and I need you to rescue me from evil. Lead us not into temptation actually means help me choose health, Over habit, Let me choose healthy, your ways, over my sinful habits. See, guys, I have this really unhealthy habit in my life. I eat a lot of junk food. Anybody else with me? Yeah, I know. I eat way too much junk food. Like when I go to the grocery store, I'm not thinking, man, I could really go for some carrots right now. I'm thinking, where are the Sour Patch Kids? I need all of them. They need to be in my stomach right now. And so I've done this so many times before. And each time I eat all the Sour Patch Kids, my, my Sour Patch friends always leave me hanging. They make me feel sick. But I know this, but I love Sour Patch Kids, so I eat them anyway. And I know that you guys have all felt this before, too, because you've probably experienced a Halloween where you ate as much candy as you should for like three years, and it's awful. But you guys have done it anyway, and you feel sick afterwards. And you knew where that path was going to end up before you started eating all of that candy, all of that junk. You had unhealthy habits, and you chose unhealth over health. You chose those habits over health. And something that's crazy, actually mind-blowing to me, is that some people don't have this struggle. People actually like those health nuts that are just crazy and, they, and then they just don't even like candy it doesn't make sense to me like the other day I was I was talking to my friend I was just like hey dude like I've got an extra Twinkie like you want it and he's just like no nah, dude I that's that's actually not healthy for me I was just like what what do you mean you don't want it it's a Twinkie like who doesn't want a Twinkie like it, and then and, and then he keeps talking he's just like no like it's actually really unhealthy for you and I was just like, well, whatever. I mean, some people just don't like the taste of Twinkies, so I'll put that aside. And, but I was just like, but, but bacon, right? Like, I was just like, but everybody loves bacon. And, and, and then so I was like, hey, dude, you want some bacon? And he was just like, nah, dude. I was just like, well, what are you, like, mind blown. You don't want bacon? It's like God's gift to man. It's so good. What do you mean you don't want it? And, and it's crazy, and it makes no sense to me. But guys, I'm willing to bet that these people didn't just have an intolerance to junk food when they were born. Like, they weren't born like no ice cream. Like, they were just like, I just don't like pizza. I don't like ice cream. I don't like any of these other things. No, I'm willing to bet that this was a process over their lives. I'm willing to bet that this was a process over their lives where they had to learn that choosing healthy options was better for them than their habits, They had to get to a point where they're like, you know what, I don't like feeling that way anymore. And when I choose healthy options, I feel better, and I I get more out of life. And see, the the more that I've understood health, the more that I've studied it, is that they know something, people who are healthy, those health nuts, they know something that I don't. And they know that you're going to be happier. You're going to have more energy. They know that